Welcome to Podcasting Smarter, the podcast for podcasters by podcasters. Podcasting Smarter is the official podcast from Podbean, featuring podcasting interviews, best practices, and helpful tips. We're here to give you the tools, resources, product updates, and news to help you get started podcasting and keep your podcast growing. Hello, and welcome to Podcasting Smarter. This is Norma Jean Belenke, Podbean's Head of Events. And today's episode is a replay of our live event, Building Your Podcast from the Ground Up, featuring John Kiernan, our Director of Customer Success, as he speaks to Linz Florin, the GM and Executive Producer for Growth Network Podcasts. They'll get into how to build community for your podcast, the importance of community, social media, personal bandwidth, setting yourself up for success, and so much more. Stay tuned, and here we go. Welcome, everybody, to this episode of Podcasting Smarter. If you're joining us for our live stream, you're listening to this later on. Either way, you're going to get the same experience here because you have me, the Director of Customer Success here. My name is John Kiernan, and I'm joined today by Linz Florin of the Growth Network Podcast. So we're going to be speaking all about different points about starting your podcast, building your podcast from the ground up, creating a community, and really speaking about a lot of different things to make your podcast the best that it can be. Linz, how's this going for you today? This is great. I'm, I'm excited to be here with you. Same here. I feel like every time I speak to somebody, and this has been progressive over the last couple of years, I feel like my thick New Jersey accent just gets worse and worse. So it's, you're going to hear it so much through here, but just introducing you, I heard it at the top of the hour. So I'm just like, well, here we are today. So- That's where we're starting from. And then we get to go up from there, you know? Exactly. The more coffee, the deeper it is. So, <laughs> so I want to go ahead and give people the opportunity to know what growth podcast, uh, growth network podcast, sorry, is as well before we jump in here. Um, for those who are familiar with Podbean, uh, Podbean is a podcasting company. The thing I always like to say is that Podbean gives you the opportunity to do anything you could want to with a podcast monetization, promotion, getting it on the different directories, uh, doing even internal podcasts for training, internal communications, all different things as well. So that's a little bit about Podbean, but I'd love for our listeners and our viewers to learn a little bit about Growth Network Podcasts as well. Yeah, we um, got our start. Uh, we started in 2020. Um, we started sort of from the production side of things and with a real focus on the strategy and um, planning and thinking through things. Um, you know, we use our name. Our name kind of says what we do pretty well, like growth. We're talking about personal growth, professional growth. Podcasts are really a part of that. You know, this is a way people learn and grow, but also it's a way to grow your visibility of your company, hopefully grow some metrics and some stats. And then the network piece, I think, is sort of our our secret sauce, which is that the more people that come in and do it together, the more they can interact with each other and network. So our clients can, we will say, oh, you're talking about the same thing. Can we put you together for a bonus episode? Is there something, can we put you together for a combined show. Can we think of something in a new way um, using our network to do some live events or some other kind of promotional activity? And so that's sort of how we think, you know, bringing ourselves to this, uh, to the podcast space, you know, is sort of how we're differentiating ourselves and kind of just being true to ourselves and how we work, you know? 
Sure. And I love the fact that you're being able to connect other clients through the course of time, too, because one thing that we're always talking about is the idea of cross-promotion, meeting other podcasters, meeting other people who occupy the same space as you. Again, you know, we could think of the podcasting industry as a competition, or we could think of it as a rising sea raises all boats, right? And I think that the more we think about it from that perspective, the more we are able to grow not just our podcast, but our specific niche in the podcasting community. But before we talk a little bit about that, one thing I want to talk about is what a successful podcast looks like. I think that a lot of the times with the podcasting industry, we tend to have a very low point of entry from a financial perspective, right? You know, one of the things that's great about podcasting, we tell people you can oftentimes start a podcast using what's right in your pocket, using your phone and a pair of headphones, right? And you don't have to talk about, you could talk about anything really, but I think that a lot of people that start taking podcasting to the next level, they want to know, okay, I've got this medium that I can put my voice and my face if I'm doing video to a lot of eyes and ears. But what does a successful podcast look like? I've always kind of put it down to two different things. First and foremost, getting clear on who you're trying to attract, right? Your audience avatar, who are you marketing to? And then a point that I don't think gets talked about enough, which is setting clear defined goals for your podcast, both you know, within, let's say, a week, a month, a year, two or three years. The point is, how important do you think it is for podcasters to set goals when they start their podcast? I think it's very important. And I think the important part of that is flexibility. Because one thing we do, and especially we start, is we set goals based on external things, not understanding the internal components of what it takes to get there or what that external thing reflects 10 years of work or something like that. And so uh, I think that setting goals and then calibrating for what the realistic, you know, Realistically, when you say, oh, I'm going to set off and I'm going to have 100 listeners in my first week, you know, um, that second week you might set a lower number as your target because you, re- because you only got 12, you know, or, and that isn't a failure, right? That is just that you have to, everything starts at zero, you know, and you have to kind of, this is a long game kind of medium where you build up over time. And so the immediate results I think it's important to clarify what metrics drive you, right? I think when you know, and your listener too, to some extent, but there's sort of like a symbiotic relationship between you and your listener and what metrics, how can they demonstrate their affinity for your show in a way that you feel fulfilled by it, you know? And I think for a lot of people, that's, um, years you know downloads on episodes and ad spit ad plays right like that's sort of the traditional method of understanding how somebody okay they're listening i got the download link click all right Right. and then also i got three ad plays or you know or whatever it is but there are so many our clients are not looking to to do ads this is a content marketing thing this is them to share their wisdom and show how important they are in the market and so they aren't really, they don't really care about ad clicks or any of that kind of thing. They do care about how many listens because we all want to know how many people are hearing it, but it's the quality of the listen. It's who's hearing it, you know, and how can we evaluate some, it's harder to evaluate that sometimes. But I think getting into that, like, what's, what's, what means something to us 
instead of what means something to other people is like the first hurdle that makes, I think this a sustainable activity. Of course. And I think that you also nailed a point that a lot of podcasters I don't think think about is it's not just about the download number, but how does your podcast fit into whatever ecosystem you're trying to fit into, right? Uh, You may have clients, for example, that literally their podcast is, you know, just what it is. It's them talking and they love to do it, right? Which again, that's not a bad goal either. But at the same time, you may have podcasters in a specific vertical that go, you know what? I want to be, I want to be part of this specific industry. And by me having a podcast, I'm now considered media. Regardless if I have low numbers or high numbers, the point is now I'm considered media, meaning that I have an outlet to be part of these different conventions, not just maybe as a podcaster, but even on a panel to interview people I've wanted to. Um, You know, you may have a podcast who is being run by a business, like a company branded podcast. And it might not even be a podcast that, is about getting more listens and eyes and ears from the full general public. It may be a recruiting podcast. Okay, you don't care if John Kiernan from Podbean is looking to listen to your show or comes across your show on Podbean or Apple Podcasts. It makes more sense if the client and, uh, sorry, if the uh, employee that you're potentially looking for is getting to see your content. You may have hundreds of downloads a month, but if those hundreds of downloads, like you said, are hitting the right eye and the right ear of the person you're trying to attract, then that could be successful too. If you have a private podcast and you're seeing that people engaging with the podcast, let's say on a sales team, are reaching 50% more sales than they did last year, does that mean that a lower download number is unsuccessful? No, because you're seeing, like you said, an external result from that, something else that's measurable. I have a friend who runs, um, she runs a a course, right? And so the course, part of the course is that she interviews the attendees of the course for a podcast that they can each listen to, you know, so it's just for the course. The 20, this podcast exists for 20 people alone. And it is the way in a virtual world that I got to meet people across the country in a very deep way. You know, and so the thinking of it is like, oh, it has to reach a lot of people to be effective, I think is sort of the first assumption I'll challenge for people. It's like, did it reach the people, you know, if you have a closed container and your and your folks listen to it, then it was successful, you know. And so it doesn't have to be an attention getting activity. It can be an attention to, or uh, information disseminating, you know. Absolutely. And it's such an interesting dynamic. I think that because podcasting over the last decade or so has really become something that just people from all walks of life find interest in, whether it's entertainment or whether it's knowledge base or whatever the case may be, I think a lot of us see like the highest successful download podcasters and we go, that's the goal. That's literally the goal. And a lot of us are just like, well, if I have like a successful podcast that's getting millions of views a month, that means that I can quit my nine to five, right? It's a very kind of uh, it's a very different kind of value set. It's a, and, it's, it, it's a nice dream, right? I right. mean, I think we all spend time in it at some point, uh, this dream of being like, oh, I can just throw everything away and do this all the time. And, you know, right. I've, I did. I left my job. And um, it's more complicated than that. You know, that there's a lot, there's a lot of... Um, a lot of moving parts and, you know, it's, it's hard, but it is interesting. You know, we all get to spend time in that dream and some people can pull it off, you know, but the majority of us are, I think the thing I really like in, um, you think in video games, it's like you, um, 
I don't know why I always go back to Tony Hawk Pro Skate. It's the last time I was good One at a video game. Out there. Yeah. It's like, I, the last time I was good at a video game, last time I spent a lot of time playing video games. But anyway, it's like I ran across a thing that gives me a multiplier. And a podcast is a multiplier. Right. Sometimes a podcast is, t- is a th- you know, a thousand points, but mostly it's like you have 50,000 points and you want to multiply that by two or three, then a podcast can do that. You know, and I think a lot of people are like, oh, it's my cat. Oh, the podcast is my points. And it's like, no, 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 no. The podcast leverages your points for more points, you know, and I think that's the, I don't know. I went on a tangent. I hope that. No, I, I love that. But then even talking, like if we're thinking about it from that perspective, like even to divert a little bit more and then we'll come back. I promise people, I promise. Um, but when we talk about the whole nine to five dream, leaving that, we always think about the monetization side of that too, right? First thing most people go to, if I get a bunch of advertisers, there we go. Um, again, I think that with a podcast, even with a small number, you have this rule of a thousand where if over time you can get a thousand people dedicated to what you're doing in your brand, think about a thousand people, right? In the grand scheme of things, a thousand people is a minuscule number and a small audience that you can attract. You can monetize your podcast with ads, sure, but you can also have patron programs. You can also sell merchandise. You can have donation links that serve so many different purposes. If you're doing live streams, people can donate to you. Um, so I think people that might have that uh, download number as a really big goal, obviously we're talking about managing those expectations, but if we're talking about monetization as the sidebar, then yeah, absolutely. You can have a podcast that's not getting millions of downloads a month and still create a good source of income, whether it's even initially to just fund the show or eventually to create a completely uh, separate source of passive income. Like I think that's really powerful. And if people start kind of looking at the podcast like that, like you said, it's a tool that they can use for a bunch of different means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It magnifies attention. You know, it's like, um, it's a thing that, that, um, builds. P- it's a piece of digital consumption that people experience like human to human contact, you know? And so it's got this like, it has another, it has a kind of an ethereal quality to it of like, you can kind of zoom out a little bit and think of another way that it can impact people. And almost always you can add some other layer. Absolutely. I'd even share an experience from mine. I was doing a podcast a couple of years ago and we were thinking of ways to monetize our podcast and maximize visibility. Uh, one of my hosts was like, Hey, why don't you write music for solars? And I was like, it was such a crazy thing. And I was just like, oh, man, like, that's interesting. Um, some of the guests that we had on our show, I had written music for. Two years later, I've been up to almost 130 original pieces of music. And, you know, it's become a completely different source for me. So for me, that initial podcast, the goal, obviously, was just to have a good time, talk to friends about wrestling. But at the same time, you know, that then was leveraged to be able to you know, meet other people within the industry, gain insight into that. So it's just, there's so many different things to consider about growing that market. One thing we haven't talked about yet, obviously we have to get to it because every concept of how do you start a podcast and grow it comes to productions and tech specs, right? So Mm -hmm. production and tech specs of physically building your podcast are really important when it comes to hosting, right? What you're talking about with, 
all of the services that growth serves, we are doing more of the hosting side, right? Uh, but mm-hmm. when we're thinking about making a production schedule and a plan and choosing the best mic, uh, there's a lot of things to consider there. Building your audience and the growth of your show is equally and sometimes more important there too. Um I guess a bigger question is how does community factor into podcasting and what does a successful community for your podcast look like? That's there. This is one that can go a lot of different ways. I think that the, the most important part of community is that you sort of have to be, you have to find people who you can talk to genuinely, I think. Um, which is to say that you might have a podcast idea that is a little lofty or it's like on a, in a, you know, kind of goes off on a, on a side trip or something like that. Building a community around something that isn't in your core set of stuff is a hard because you're going to, it's going to not be easy to join it. And then you're not going to be able to serve it. Right. And so I think I've tried a couple of times where I was like, Oh, here's a community I could serve, but I'm actually, it's not for me. So I'm not, you know, and so I, it didn't fulfill me to serve. It didn't come together because I didn't put the time in to, to do it. And so what I would say is that one do a little bit of soul searching. I think like podcasting, there's a soul searching component that also doesn't get talked about a lot. It's like one, do I want to talk about this for hours every week? (laughs) Two, do I want to aggressively uh, recruit people to a community about this topic? And are the people that come to this community people that I actually want in my life, you know? And so there's just sort of some of this stuff we have to think about. But once you have made those decisions, it's the personal touch. We've all been taught, or there's this school of thought about repurposing your content and all these things. And I'm here to say that it's 90% garbage because what you actually need (laughs) is nobody wants to be efficiently spoken to. Nobody. Nobody wants to be like, Oh, I was spoken to, I got the most efficient experience. Nobody wants right. that. You know, I mean, I think a handful of people for business who are just trying to get in and out, but it's, it's a quote, the quality experience. It's about having something that's memorable. It's about having something that speaks to you and connects deeply with you. And those are never cookie cutter. I just right. like, I believe. And so what I would say is that anytime you start to get into this mindset that you can just take this thing from over here and put it over here and they'll love it. You're going down a rabbit hole that is not going to work out for you because the truth is, is that people want something that has been carefully crafted for them. They want something that has been uniquely tailored to their experience. They want something that is custom. They want something, they want to feel special. And so if you're creating a community where you're just delivering cookie cutter stuff, no one feels special. And so, like, you, I think the, the ultimate thing is, like, how do you make people feel special? How do you make people feel belong, you know? And no matter what your topic is, if you can solve that problem, you'll have, tr- you'll, you'll be full. You'll, you'll, like, have to be turning people away at the gates, you know? And so, 
you know, those are, those are it to me that, um, you know, it's about creating, forming human connections that then they're like, Oh my God, this person connected with me, not this content. The content right. is a vehicle for the person, you know? So this person connected with, or this organization or this group connected with me. And I feel like now I want to go tell everyone about it and that they should listen to, you know? And so. Right. Yeah. There was actually a coworker and I who were working on some stuff here at Podbean the other day. And they said something that really stuck with me. And it's something I've thought for years, but you hear it all the time. Um, and sometimes you just kind of, you know, let it go by the wayside. But people don't get connected with companies or people don't build relationships with companies. They build relationships with the people who run them. And for me, I loved hearing that because it's it's so true. And again, like you can offer a great service to someone. That service can do everything that you need it to. But when you are... And, and let's be real, a podcast is kind of like an independent business, or it can be. It's a brand, mm -hmm. right? Brands are businesses. So if you're sitting here trying to create uh, just an outlet for you to speak, well, you might not be delivering on the whole community building aspect of it. I think you can get away with repurposing content if you do it in a way, like you said, that has a human element to it or serves uh, deep purpose, right? But at the same time, if you turn around and you're simply just trying to repurpose content, the mediums may not be the same. For example, you might not see the same engagement on, on one social media channel that you see on another because of the way it's formatted or the way that it really speaks to somebody. You have to understand where you're going on each of these different platforms for the repurposing, right? Like each of them is built to have some sort of connection. People don't just make... Uh, the, some people do, but there is not a lot of apps that are out there that are not about establishing connection because the way to continue to use a product is through connection. So, for example, mm -hmm. if you're repurposing a video uh, piece of audio as an audiogram on Instagram, how can you make that piece of content as engaging as if someone's hearing two people speak in the moment like we are now? Um, you know, and does that look like you're adding maybe some emotional music behind something that someone is saying in a 30 second clip? Maybe. Um, you know, every right. or or is it that you just do an animation that wiggles the head of the person talking of this exactly. aesthetic image and then you're like bada, 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 and like just that could do it, right? So like a simulation of but it's like a touch, like a, a little touch is right. those those details are how people notice that someone has done this for me. Exactly. You know? And that's one of those things, too, where it kind of comes down to what we talked about a little bit earlier, like managing your expectations of growth, but also managing like what you can actually do. Because a lot of podcasts are one person. So the whole idea of taking one image and using it on like 14 different places is such a grand, great idea, but it might not be the best tool for that. But then you turn around and you say, okay, can I reasonably repurpose one piece of content into all these different places and make it? Uh, effective? The answer may be, yeah, you may be able to be that person. You may not be, in which case you bring in someone like Growth Network to help manage that. Absolutely. And the, um, you know, I mean, I think the strategy we've taken and we've, we're bootstrapping, right? So like we weren't funded, you know, we're like, we get a client, we use that money to do their work and then a little bit of it to like build our company and build our brand. Like we're uh, starting from the ground up in this way. And I think a lot of podcasters kind of sort of operating similarly and what we did is you know we set up all of our social channels we created a hierarchy of which ones were the most what was the most important one and we made our content for that one and then we just put out 
the minimum viable content piece on the others, right? And so, you know, and on Twitter, that is like an occasional tweet, some retweeting, like it's pretty right. low, you know? And I know, and as we've gained, one thing I've learned about these processes, when you've been doing the same sets of things for a year or a few months or something, suddenly you gain a little bit of, you're like, oh, I've been, I know how to do that. I don't have to think as hard when I do it. I can add another lane to my activities now that it's been a few months. And I'm like, oh, I make this graphic. I make this one graphic pretty fast now. I wonder if I can make the second one in this different shape equally fast. Right. And then you start to, and it's baby steps over time. You know, it. you have to have the channels open. It's like putting a billboard up, right? But uh, when you really start putting content that's made for that billboard is when you actually will start to see some sort of return on that. But also you got to have the billboard up everywhere I get, you know, and, and we're all trying to be, we're trying to represent ourselves as if we're these giant media companies because that's who we want to be. And that's what our material deserves. You right. know? And so now it's like just slowly meeting in the middle, you know, trying to get these things to that same spot. And, um, you know, some weeks, I don't think we hit the mark at all, you know? And then some weeks I'm like, oh, we nailed it, you know? And um, I think you have to kind of take a little bit of a long season approach to the, to the thing and just sort of accept the lumps and rebound. Absolutely. And the thing is too, when you think of like, we're talking about thinking of your podcast as an overall brand, brands or businesses. When you think about business, some businesses have weeks where, like you said, they're crushing their goals. Some businesses have weeks where it's like, Hey, we didn't get where we thought we'd get to, you know, different teams may have been working on different things. We didn't get to hit the mark quite like we wanted to, but at the same time, you know, this all talks about growth and creating a, a sustainable podcast community here. You know, thinking about things like setting yourself up uh, for success. I mean, when you're talking about repurposing content and, like you said, putting it in a new bucket of things that you have to do, maybe at first you're slow with that. Maybe what you do is you bring somebody else in to do a certain thing and then you go, hey, I want to take that responsibility on my own. Kind of like when you think of the idea of uh, passive income, they always tell you passive income becomes passive income. It doesn't start as passive income. Yeah, it's active. Right up. Yeah. And it's like one of these things that if you take that approach and you sit down and you go, you know what? I know it's going to be a little bit of legwork, but over time, I'm going to grow this skill set. For me, I do the majority of video and graphic work for a lot of different projects that I do, including some of the stuff uh, for Podbean, like the background you see and things like that. Uh, but, you know, that skill took me about 10 years very slowly in different projects to develop. So all of a sudden now, if I'm doing, for example, like if I'm releasing a new piece of music and it needs to have album art, 90% of the time I'll do it, 10% I'll source it to somebody else. But the thing is, years ago, 10 years ago, I probably wouldn't be able to churn these things out quite as quickly as I do now. So there's nothing wrong with even setting not just podcast goals, but also setting goals for what parts of the business you want to handle. You know, maybe today you say, you know what, I see somebody that can uh, record their content. That looks awesome. I don't want to do that right now. And you never learn. That's fine. There are people that are great to do that. Uh, you may go, you know what, I'd love to learn how to do that. And 
over time, you take slow steps to record yourself. You get comfortable with it. Then all of a sudden, two, a year or two later, you're able to set up a multi-track garage band session and record your hosts and put it out yourself. Like it's, you know, when you manage expectations like that, I think it makes it uh, that much easier too. But that's also talking about setting up a clear plan too and not burning out. Like thinking about how much personal bandwidth you actually have to do things. Yeah. I, I mean, and I think... I've learned, you know, podcasting, it's like, it's, it's one of those things that seems like, a um, God, it's like with certain kind of paintings where it looks like it must've been really easy. Like, like the, um, you know, like a Pollock or, a, you know, something like that. It's like, it looks like it's really easy and you get in there and you're like, Oh, some decisions were made and right. choices. <laughs> this did not happen by accident. And, Oh, and so, you know, even with our clients, we're realizing that there's sort of like this cascading set of awareness that they have where they go, okay, we want a podcast. Well, that means we have to, do we have to record into something? Okay. So we record into something. Okay. Do we talk to people? Okay. Then they've thought about, okay, that, so we distribute it. How do, who hears it? How do they hear it? You know, they have to think about things and you just can't think about all of the steps in one go. You sort right. of have to like, think about this, conquer this little bit, move on to this one. And podcast has enough of those that it's that you have. There's a long ramp to keep learning for a long time, and I found one of the best ways to level up fast because you can, you know, the slow and steady certainly does it right. And there's no shame in just sort of every day repeating what you do, or every week repeating what you did last week, and then like maybe finding periodically finding ways to level up. Right, that's great. But if you want to sort of jump a level up finding someone to collaborate with is the number one way to learn new things to realize what you already knew and teach it to somebody else and to see more eyeballs on something because two people's worth of networks have been working on it and so whether you're an individual podcaster who wants to stay that way but there's someone another podcast and you can do a an episode together you know, or if you realize you're like, oh, this this is a solitary activity and I need it to be a team activity and you want to get yourself a virtual assistant to be on your thing. And um, that's a great activity, you know, and then there are companies like ours where you're like, you know what, I want a company that's whole job is figuring these things out and I want them on my side and here's what I want them to do. And so really no matter what level, there's sort of someone who you can partner with in some way. And right now, for example, um, I'm based in Los Angeles and I met the owner of a studio in Orange County um, at a podcast event back in 2019 and we've been staying in touch. Well, after the last podcast movement, Evolutions, we hung out there and we were talking and we came up with a show idea to do together called feed drops where we review other shows. And so now every week, it doesn't have to be this involved for everybody else, but every week I'm driving down to Irvine and we're doing in-person recordings together where we're not only learning from each other in that process. Cause it's like, Oh, what does he do? Oh, how does he prep? Oh, maybe I can suggest something. Like, oh, we're using his Airtable, but my Dropbox. And anyway, we're just like systems, processes, and then also our show is reviewing other podcasts. And so we're actually hearing two plus podcasts a week from new podcasters. So like 
having that much new material coming through makes me go, oh, what can I do better? What can I do better? What can I do better? And so that's the way I've found to kind of make myself learn and grow faster and find new, you know, it's like learning through creating new content with new people is so much fun. And um, I think finding some version of that in that fits into your podcast growth plans will make you better and will also make you feel like you're more a part of a community. Absolutely. And I guess one big thing that I want to talk about before we conclude our, um, our conversation here, and this has been touched on a couple points in the conversation, but I think we can dive into this here. What are the best ways to get yourself out there in regards to guest swaps, events, uh, social media growth, and things of that nature? Because one thing I've always thought is this is very much of a get yourself. I, I, I kind of don't like the term get yourself out there because uh, my background is in music. Everyone says get your name out there. Okay, great. It's completely undefined. What does that mean? In the music industry, you know, I try to change that to get yourself into the audience and eyes and ears of people who would want to listen to your kind of music. It's more defined. It's longer. You can't put it on. You could probably put it on a t-shirt. There are companies that could put it on. (laughs) But it helps you really narrow down what your goal is with a podcast or with that, you know, instead of saying, again, get it out there. Um, What strategies and what kind of things do you think are pivotal for people to do in order to get themselves out there with guest swaps, events, social media growth, and things like that. It's a little question. Yeah, no, there's a, there's a couple of layers in it. One is survey the landscape. So getting out there means knowing what out there is. Right. Exactly. And so, uh, you know, a lot of podcasts, I mean, I think any, any creative thing you get people who are coming in and they, they've listened to 10 podcasts, but they think they know the whole 2 million. There are 2 million. Right. So you, you don't know what's out there and you so researching is actually very helpful. Learning what other shows are talking about, what you're talking about. Try not to treat that as any kind of competitive thing. Um, but knowing what's out there is really, really helpful. And then especially making friends with the other people who are talking about what you're talking about, look for ways to, um, again, do swaps with them. I would say like in your niche or, you know, if you have something in common with somebody, if you have anything in common with somebody, you can reach out to them. Right. Right. And I would say it's like, Hey John, I don't wear glasses, but if I did, I'd be like, Hey John, you wear glasses. I wear glasses. We should do a swap because it's just an excuse to talk to someone. Right. And if they're in, they're in, you probably didn't need the, uh, the intro, the little uh, bit, but, um, I think this is a game, this is a web of one-on-one connections that has built out to be very, very strong. And so the broadcast, hey, everybody, look at me, doesn't really do it. But the one-on-one, hey, I see you and I like what you're doing and I'd like to talk to you about what I'm doing, that builds a bond, right? Yes. That bond is something you can leverage then to build other bonds. And so I think it's like, if you stop thinking of it as a, as a fan club and you start thinking of it as a series of one-on-one connections, that is how getting out there makes it. And it'll benefit you way bigger than on the podcast level. When you make those many personal connections that supports you at all levels. Right. And I actually want to touch on that too, because one thing I always tell people, one thing that I've 
gone and I feel become fairly successful with what in the different industries that I'm in is being able to speak to people and grow the network and get them to, for example, if we're doing sponsorships, that we're doing a uh, guest swap, that or whatever the case may be, people have always asked me, well, how do you get things like sponsorships? How do you get endorsements? How do you get people to work with you? And you nailed it on the head in summary. You know what you're going for. Don't ever be shy about asking for the thing. And don't ever, I'm going to say this, and it's going to sound a little bit rough, ladies and gentlemen, but don't be cute with it too. Meaning like, don't say something, for example, like, oh, it'd be cool if you came on my show. No, I'm just kidding. But maybe don't do things like that. It's a turnoff. Um, but if you turn <laughs> around and you say, for example, um, hey, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. This is what I want to work with you on. If you introduce that whole thing, with something personal, like you said, like you've actually gone and you've learned a little bit about the person, right? Even if it's something that you just saw in a recent interview that they did, or you saw a talk that they did and you said, Hey, I really loved when you did this. It resonated with me in this way. Um, those things can really help because that's the first thing someone's going to see. Everybody is trying to market themselves. Everybody's trying to work with somebody else. Everybody wants to grow their own product. But if you can really say, hey, here's how you affected me, and then here's what I do, I'd love to be able to work with you. It helps create that connection. It helps establish, okay, cool, this isn't just someone who's hoping to grow. And I think everybody who's listening to this, and you and I especially too, have gotten the emails that's like, you know, here's the whole pitch that they send to everybody, but it's such a low bar entry too. Like you said, like, uh, you know, you could just tell that someone doesn't want to create a connection with you. You can just tell that this is what they read in a book they're supposed to do. Hi, John. Nice to meet you. Nice uh, green shirt. I own a green shirt. And then you're into it. You know, I've, I've always felt like if you can really find the thing that helps communicate with you and helps kind of really showcase why you're specifically reaching out to them, it can only mean a higher level of success of working together with somebody. And if you present your, if you present what you're doing as something that is credible and something that uh, is going places and doing things, the likelihood they're going to see, here's why they reached out to me and they actually are bringing up something of value. It can't be understated. Yeah. Well, there's, you know, I mean, it's kind of like dating, there's, um, you know, if you come off as desperate, it is a little, you know, a little too thirsty. Then people are, right. you know, there's so there's, there's this sort of like, there's this sweet spot of cool confidence where you're like, here's the thing, I believe that you would really get something out of it, and I got something out of you, so here we go. So you're not right. over inflating, but you're also not like uh, underselling it. But you know, reaching out is about practice. It's about building those connections over time, and sometimes doing it wrong can make for a fun goof. And then Absolutely. you're really friends. Oh, yeah. And then don't ever underestimate growing and then reaching out again, you know, because the way you reach out later on in life might be very different than the way you initially reached out. And I tell people that all the time. Look, they always there is the whole thing that you have. What is it like you have one time to make a first impression, that kind of thing, but you can grow over time. And if you do grow over time, you, there are so many people that I've reached out to in various industries who when I was a youngin. I didn't have maybe the, uh, did I just say youngin? Yeah, I did. Um, yeah, you did. <laughs> and now it's on record. Oh, man. Yep. 
there were so many different people that I reached out to for uh, working together that when I look back on the communication now, I can understand that it came off maybe as shy as coy and it came off a lot more fan base than, okay, let's work together and there's a connection. Going back now, these are people that I'm grateful to call friends and things of that nature. So yes, you may have one chance to make a first impression, but don't think that the relationship is ended. It might just be something that down the road you may revisit. And again, like that to me is one of the biggest learns I can say for anybody. Yeah. Everyone loves a comeback story. And so even somebody you might've annoyed with an email 10 years ago, if you come back as a really cool person, they're going to be like, Oh my God, this is a great story about this person who was really annoying 10 years ago. So I, you know, there's, there's always room to come back. Absolutely. And to conclude our conversation here, I want to give you the opportunity to tell people where they can find Growth Network Podcast all over the place to reach out to you. Absolutely. So our website is growthnetworkpodcast.com. And we're really, LinkedIn is sort of, we're working with businesses a lot. So LinkedIn, uh, you know, Growth Network Podcast. Um, and then also we're having a lot of fun dabbling on TikTok. So I would say come hang out over there um, at uh, growth network podcasts or my personal one uh, where I'm a little more exploratory uh, at Lynn's Florin. Awesome. And you can always find us www.podbean.com. Most of the social medias, Twitter, uh, Facebook, YouTube are all at podbean.com. You can find us over on Instagram at podbean. And we should also be at podcast movement in Dallas coming up, which is going to be an awesome time. Um, Obviously, you can hang out with us. Linz, if you're there, you're going to hang out with him, too. We're just going to have there. an overall great time. Yeah. And I want to thank you again for joining us for uh, today's episode. And I think we said this last time you were on. I think we could probably have you on for a bunch of different times because there's so much to talk about about growing community that we only touched the surface, I think, in this conversation. So we'll obviously have to have you back on and talk again. I guess we'll just have to do it again. Sounds great. Thanks for joining us for this replay of our live event episode. If you have any questions about podcasting and want to get in touch with the Podbean team, reach out to us at podcastingsmarter at podbean.com. Happy podcasting. Happy podcasting.